everybody. It's Wayne with Mark and Areed, and we are so excited that you've come to watch the Eat Community Podcast. We know you're going to enjoy it. We actually did it live originally on our Eat Community webinar series, which we also invite you to come to, but you will love this podcast that you're going to be listening to right now. Hey everybody, how in the heck are ya? It is a beautiful Thursday afternoon in northern Colorado. And Mark's in Bangladesh in the middle of the night, but what was the day like there? Hot, Mark, or what was it? Yes, it's <laughs> hot as usual, yeah. but it's it's getting cooler now. Okay. Well, it's same for us, a little bit cooler. We haven't had any 100 degree days in a little bit. Um, for those of you that are here with us live, welcome. We appreciate you being here, enjoy having you. And those of you that are watching as a replay, enjoy you also. Have started this out with a little different look. This is our second week in a row that we've used Zoom rather than to go to a webinar. And Mark and I, or I, I am still figuring it out a little bit. Um, and, and so example, we decided we'd start today with, uh, with just the, um, with both the screen and uh, the camera instead of just the camera, uh, because I'm gonna show you some things today. Um, again, this is our Talk with Wayne session on Thursdays, every Thursday at uh, 3, 3, 3 p.m. Mountain. And um, I already see we've got something in the chat. So Mark obviously has got the chat working. And uh, he actually said hi to Alicia, who's one of our regulars that's out there. And uh, Alicia, tell us how you like Zoom versus GoToWebinar. Is it better or worse for you? Just sort of put that in the chat and Mark, you can weigh in and let me know. Nothing very structured on these Thursday sessions. Um, just quickly, because I tend to forget it at the end. The next live webinar with a guest is gonna be Robert Vecino, I believe on the 25th, which is, um, week and a half or so from now, um, we are, that is rescheduled. We was scheduled for the 18th and we rescheduled that because I'm going to be traveling and I have a, a weird schedule on the 18th. I could potentially be available at that time, but there's a chance that I wouldn't be also. What time is that webinar on the 25th, Mark? Um. Three o'clock in the afternoon. And again, I call it a webinar. I get used to using that term. It's more, the, the word we use more often now is podcast. That's sort of the, what do they say? Um, customer friendly or appropriate in today's world. Shoot, we never even used the word webinar probably 20 years ago. I don't know. I actually seems like I've been doing quote webinars for a at least 20 years, maybe, as long as the internet's around. Um, and the internet's been around more than 20 years. But um, anyway, um, this is our very unstructured session where I like to show you some tools, some things that you can use, relatively inexpensive. This would be one of the more expensive tools that I've got on the screen right now. And it is called Designer. You can see up here, D-E-S-I-G-N-R-R dot I-O. And I am in the middle of writing a ebook right now. Um, actually, it's not in the writing phase. It's all written. It's in the editing phase. And it was written in Google Docs, which is the same very similar to Microsoft Word. My, Mark and I are learning that, that the, the difference between those two is significant as it relates to designer because 
um, the way designer works, designer is a program that will convert your um, your documents into um, finished ebooks, audiobooks, or there's now a new version of an ebook called a flipbook, which I'm going to show you in just a second. And I'm in the middle of editing. Um, and right now I was just, I was working on a section on water quality and editing literally just means formatting it, getting it to where it's looking right on the screen. You have lots of options in designer. So notice that this page is one column wide. Um, this page is two columns wide. Uh, this now is another one that's one column wide. Uh, this one's also one. I was just in the middle of, of editing this. I'll show you what you do here. Um, click here and make this a headline. And one of the cool things about this program is that once you put these headlines in, it actually will apply them to your table of contents, which is right here. And it is now changing these page numbers related to where they're at in the, in the book um, as I do it. So it's eventually it saves you a lot of time in making, a, in making an ebook. Um, and this book was written for the most part before there was AI. So we didn't use any AI in this. Um, and um, and in a second, I'm going to preview it for you. I'll show you what it looks like. Um, let's save this. Uh, once it gets saved, I'm going to actually show you behind the scenes of what some of our projects are. This is called a project uh, that I'm working on here. And I'm going to now move out of this and into another project, which I do by clicking down here. And I'm going to cancel that first just to make sure I've saved this. It says project saved, so I'm good. So I can click here. And now it's going to move me out of this and into uh, a screen where it shows all of my projects. Mark's working on one, and I'm working on one. Mark's working on this one, um, which is a, uh, a book that we're doing about juicing. Mark, which is the version you're working on? This one here or this one here? No, the one um, that you pointed the first time. Yeah, this one. One. yeah. I'm going to click preview. And Mark's still got things to be doing on this. And notice it says terms and conditions everywhere. That's not the way it's going to look. But, but this shows how um, it actually wrote this table of contents. Is that correct, Mark? You didn't write it. Is that right? Right. It's it's auto auto generated. Right. Um, we're we're gonna still change things here. This uh, well, we're gonna put in um, um, eat community link and different things down in the footer. Um, and there's still some formatting that has to be done. Uh, but one of the big things that that we had a little challenge with this on was down here at the very end. Mark, if anybody asks any questions about any of this, just stop me also. Um, right. And Mark had to do some work to get all these links in the bibliography. And obviously he hasn't edited this yet. This will get a different sort of look to it. But these are all clickable links so that once you view the book, you can see all of them. And notice in this one, we've got a lot of them. There's a lot of information here uh, in this book once we get it completely finished. Which so here's one? a... Go ahead, Mark. Uh, here's, a, here's a question from Marlin. Uh, or is it Marlin or... Yeah, Merlin's there. Merlin's out in the audience. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. So the question is, will you be sharing this ebook with the each members? I'm interested to learn the difference between saltwater and freshwater 
shrimp farming. So not this book. He's talking about the other book. The uh, other book, yeah. We, um, Merlin, maybe not with the entire community for free, but with you, absolutely. You'll be getting it for free. Our, our elite members, of which you're one of our founding type members, they're going to be getting that, that. This is one of our efforts. We're going to be writing a lot more ebooks moving forward. So I'll go back to that other one here uh, in a second. Um, the backyard aquaculture one. And, and now I'll preview that just so you'll see a little bit of it. Yes, this will be available for you. Um, little things editing wise, this is a, this is one of our systems um, that, that you see in the background here inside a greenhouse. Um, and so this isn't just something out of a book or whatever. This is plants growing, fish down in this, so this uh, tank in the bottom here. Um, and one of the cool things we can do is what's called a flip book. And Mark, now I'm forgetting, how do I make this show this as a flip book? I think you can go to edit and then uh, save as flip book. That's how I did it. Yeah, when you go to the um, publish at the bottom. Yeah, it takes just a tiny bit of time to load this. Just a second here, there we go. And click on publish, or can I click on view? Will, it, will I view it or do I have to go to publish? Um, the way I did it was, yeah, that way, but uh, maybe you can do that too. If I export this, this, there's costs associated with every version of something you do. I wonder if this will actually, I'll go ahead and do it. No big deal. Not that I want to do this yet. We're not ready for this. So let let's get one you've got that you that we know is in a flip version, Mark. I just want to show how this flip looks for everybody. Yeah, you can show the which cattail. One? Oh, the cat. That's right, the cattail ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's another one that we're doing. That this one's actually this one is pretty well finished and done. Um, this cattail book right down. Why are we not seeing the cattail book? Oh, this is recent. This isn't all the projects. Okay, we'll go to my projects. Now we'll see it right down here. Now that's duckweed. Um, where's the cattail one? Mark, why is the cattail book not showing? That's weird. Uh, well, this one here is, is actually one that we could look at. One that we're writing on duckweed. Um, and here's the way it would look in a PDF form. Scroll through it. And this one's all completely edited. But Mark, I wonder why that cattail book wasn't showing there. Mark, you there. Yeah. I'll look, look into that. Is it this one? It might be this one under oils. Let's look at this. 
the oils is just the theme that we're using. So we're going to see if I'm going to see if this is the right book because this might be it. No, this is just the format. It's not it. So we have that. But um, I'm not sure why it's not showing. It's looking drafts. Mark, I'm not sure that I've taken the cattail book to this format yet. I think it's just stored as a, um, mm -hmm. a, a in a, a doc format. I don't think the cattail is here because I don't remember doing any any uh, images for it. Do you recall seeing it here? I want to show how Flipboard works, and I think the cattail one will do that. I mean, the duckweed one will do that. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't know whether I would do it as, I don't think it's preview. I already did that. Let's go as edit. It is published. So we'll show this. This is fully edited, so we'll have the version of it here in a second. These programs take a little bit to learn, and we've been using this since February or March and still don't know everything about it. So clearly we're still working at it a little. As this is loading, um, I want to show you a couple other things today that recently that we've purchased and are using um, that are AI oriented. One of them is a very inexpensive software called Edge. And I'm going to show that. And then another one is also relatively inexpensive called DZine. And all of these AI um, apps that are out there are um, in some cases have some great attributes and in other cases are things that you really wouldn't get, you wouldn't like. So here's what's cool. This is now going to turn like a book. Watch and listen. So it's, the pages are turning just like a book would turn. Pretty cool, huh? Um, I'm just going to digress for a second. I am very high, positive, excited, and a little disappointed with our United States acceptance of duckweed as a, essentially a crop, something that can be used to feed livestock. And because, and the reason for that is that it can be cultured, grown very easily. 
It's very fast growing and it's an amazing livestock feed. And it could be a human feed. You could freeze dry, you could dry it and eat it yourself. It has very high protein content. It's an exceptional fiber source and it's got a good amount of, of uh, other nutrients, really good. The Europeans get it and, and they don't call it duckweed, by the way, they call it lemnut, which is its scientific name. That's the, that's the genus lemna. And there are a variety of different species. Let me go back to where there's a picture of it here. I've, I've talked about it before, but, and I, this is where I'm showing, there's duckweed in a, in a, a water situation. There's a little bird sitting on it. Um, here's a, a duck swimming in a pond. There's a, a frog in a pond with duckweed. There's a, a cattails in the area of the pond. Anyway, here's a bunch of other pictures. It is the smallest flowering plant in the world. And if you had a surface of water um, that was a pond, was a tank, whatever you had that it's in, and you harvested everything you could see from it, all of it, with a screen. So you could take like a, the same um, width of openings or size of openings as you'd have in a window screen. And that the, the duckweed would be a little bigger than that. So each of these little leaves that you see here are, are part of the duckweed. Um, and you harvested an entire, excuse me, pond or tank or whatever you're growing it in. Three days later, three days, whatever you just didn't get, the little bit that got left around the edges. So you didn't you didn't just get rid of everything. You, you, you harvested what you could physically get out. That little bit that was left would grow that entire surface full of, of, of duckweed again. Unbelievably fast growing. And here's the last feature that I'll mention. I'll give a, I'll give a whole session on duckweed at some time, but um, is that it only grows in unbelievably clean water. If, if your water source has too elevated uh, phosphorus levels or too, too highly or elevated levels of nitrogen or other agricultural pollutants, fertilizers, pesticides, you name it, duckweed won't grow. So when you see a water body that's got duckweed in it, and usually duckweed doesn't entirely cover the surface of a water body. I'll keep showing some pictures here. In this case, it, it's this water's gone up and down, and that's that's duckweed that's that's just sitting on the, oh no, that's on a, it's not water. That's that's the eye of either an alligator or a frog or something. Here's looking across the pond um, towards buildings. I, that this picture was labeled as duckweed, but my guess is it's not. My guess is it's something bigger like water, watercress, but still, but here's where I was gonna say, duckweed will almost never cover the entire surface of a, of a water body pond. It'll be in certain small areas and Usually they're protected areas, bays or inlets, different areas where wind doesn't get to them very easily. This is a really neat plant in the way that it grows. Um, it, it just takes advantage of all the, the, oh, this is a really great picture of sort of um, much larger, but like that on my screen, I have a big screen here is, you know, that's like a three quarters of an inch across. A duckweed leaf, one leaf is probably uh, an eighth of an inch in size. Um, if 
but there's there's the little flowers, and that little flower is so small you can hardly see it. Um, that's why they're called the smallest flowering plant. You know, I said this was fully um, edited. There's a few things that I would still do different. For example, I if I figure it out, I'd put it, I'll put an image in there. Another image here. Probably wonder what does this young lady have to do with duckweed? Eh, probably nothing. But there's there's always they call people that influence in the internet world influencers. Well, people don't mind looking at, at beautiful ladies, and uh, and so there's always nice to have an image or so of a beautiful lady. Now, I believe, Mark, that now that this is saved as this, this URL, I don't think you have to be a member of designer to, to see it. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna print it here, put it in the chat, copy this, and I'll put it in the chat. And would you guys in the audience mind opening it and see if it works? See if the if the the book will upload for you. So there's the there's the link to it. So audience members wouldn't mind doing that. And Mark, you do it too. Don't have designer open. So just put that in a separate tab. I'm going to do it also. I'm just saying select all. Why is that not letting me click on that and say paste? Select all. Well, it's actually opening another screen. So maybe it is opening for me. It is opening. Yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, it opened up several other several other screens for me. So yeah, it's working. Cool. Well, that works. That's the way we want to be able to to uh, deliver it to you, our members and our audience, is as a flipbook, so you can then look at it that way. Usually, we deliver written type documents as PDFs. Um, but we probably, if we can, we'll probably deliver this as a flipbook because then you can just click on that link and it'll open it. Let's see what Alicia put in here as a comment. Spruce, how to grow and care for duckweed. Let's just see how accurate I think this is since I do grow and care for duckweed. But I understand duckweed, lemna. Notice it says lemna SPP. That means it's multiple. There are multiple species of it. I'm not showing it on the screen here. I've got it on a different. I'll, I'll move this over and show it. Yeah, it says to grow duckweed in a pond, be sure to monitor its growth. The plant covers the entire pond. It will cause oxygen depletion and kill the fish. Yeah, that's possible. Boy, I think that'd be really hard to do. 
why this is not scrolling properly. Apologize, my my internet. Even though we're, you know, the the system we have now, which is Starlink, is way better than what we used to have. It, because we don't have it hardwired, still just things don't load and sc scroll properly. Here now, I'm looking through it. So it even says, keeps water clean, prevents the growth of algae. It does generally and generously feeds fish. Yes, it does that. Grow duckweed indoors, cover the outside of the aquarium, with block pond tag paper, install an air stone, small pond, fill the aquarium with water. Use tap water. Let the tap water stand till the chlorine evaporates. <laughs> it doesn't tell you what to do. It, it, I, these articles are great. Oh, fill it with water. Use tap water. Let the tap water stand and the chlorine evaporates. Then it just stops. Then it moves from aquariums into ponds. And it doesn't continue to tell you how you grow it in an aquarium. Full sun is needed, set the aquarium in a warm, sunny location. So it skips and then tells you to move the aquarium, but it doesn't tell you what to do after you put that black surface. Yeah, and you want to leave a black surface on your outside of your aquarium? I don't think so. It won't even allow you to look into your aquarium. Full sun, floating surface. Cultivate a long rectangular container that's five inches deep. Clean it, fertilizer, add liquid fertilizer that is iron. Iron. Complete control of its invasiveness is impossible. You know, this section up here gives a warning. It's known to be an invasive species in North Carolina. I don't know why, because I think it's native to North Carolina. It's native to all of North America. Um, ten, ten, ten of the fertilizer is a really low quantity of nitrogen. Um, it's adaptable to temperature, yes. Does like to grow in about that temperature range. Welcome grass carp to quickly eat any of the lemna. And we have grass carp in our big pond. And, and that's probably why we don't have a lot of the lemna other than in our backwater areas. It's a terrible article. I mean, it, it gets you just enough to get you somewhat interested in it, but. We, I hope, try to write articles for you guys, which I know the people that are on here, you guys do read our articles, but most people don't, um, that don't just leave you hanging, that give you information. On my screen, this duckweed is showing up on about the size that it really is in the natural environment. Cursors going across. That's one plant right there with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine leaves. No flowers. You see, I don't really see any flowers in this picture. All right. Well, that just shows you a little bit about duckweed. I'm going to move this page out of here. All right, let's move to another program here. So I've shown you Designer. I think Designer has several different packages. Um, I think that I don't believe there is a free version of it. Um, and the cheapest one might be 40 or $50. Now I'm going to show you one, DZine, that is. Seventeen dollars. 
and take a second to load here. So do you guys see the on the screen, do you see the go to web, the Zoom icons that I put over here or not? Or all you're seeing is the mark, what what is it that's being seen? Just no, just your screen. We don't see the um right, so I thought. Did you see that screen when I was showing the duckweed article or not? When I scroll when I pulled yes. that. Here, yes, like that. That. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, DZine is, I believe, $17, really inexpensive. It is D E Z Y G N, a little bit like designer, D E S, but this is D E Z Y G N.com. And it is a compilation of a number of programs. This is an interesting, did you, right now, some of our staff are working on this. It looks like something maybe Areeb's doing, generate an image showcasing coasting, coastal community affected by rising sea levels, featuring eroded shorelines, flooded streets, yep. structure. Or did you do this one, Mark? Yep, I did that for one of uh, one of the articles I posted. Oh, cool. So this is an image that Mark used this prompt right here, generate an image showcasing a coastal community affected by rising sea. I think I've got it in the background here. Here's several of them that are, that are showing this impact of a rising sea. Look at this one. It's all the way up here. Um, so he he gave it some props. He could even give it have it do different things. Um, but I'm going to show you what our gallery. So this is a whole bunch of pictures that we we just used and created. It'll save all of them right inside here. I use this one for um, the aquaculture book, an ocean caged aquaculture system. This is a small backyard aquaculture. So these are water systems. This is not a, a soil based. These are little bitty aquaculture systems. Here's a backyard pond. All three of these are that, can, that are being used as aquaculture. These were artificially generated images using the prompts that you see right below them. Here is some images that I did for the juicing book, three of them, where I said capture a photo that shows a healthy older person holding a juice drink, which these, these all do. These are all AI generated, so they are public labeled. They're not owned by anyone. And artists are getting a little bit upset with AI because people are taking their images and cause and reproducing them and then claiming that they're theirs. That would be illegal if you tried to do that. So here's a picture that shows a bustling city, um, buildings, and a number of other things. Here's, this is duckweed. Um, so here's some that I generated to show duck sitting in a pond with duckweed. Here's some others where it's more broadly across the surfaces of, a, of ponds. You can be real creative and you can actually get some creative ideas. So these photos, were used to get some creative ideas for a project that we're getting started in, in Idaho of what's called Hanson's Canyon Creek Ranch. And there are three examples of the entry road into, in this case, an AI generated ranch picture with a sign. 
the, the writing on the sign isn't exactly right, but that's not the point. What we're trying to do is use this to create ideas for us. And I really love the way this one looks and, and then with a sign above it. Here, this one also is a, is a good look. I don't necessarily like this one much. It's interesting is we actually do have, oh, this is only for this gallery for this. Let's switch to all. There are a whole bunch of programs. I'm going to show them to you here in a minute. And it didn't go to all yet. Didn't show all the pictures. And there are some glitches in these little programs. This is maybe not showing everything. Yeah, it's not. Let's let's go to more specific one. Let's go to flat. So these, there are just a variety of programs here. So here's one with duckweed where I've just had a different, one of the different DZine programs showing it. I was looking at what would it look like if you did a community of shipping containers side by side. Here's different views. Again, the creativity is amazing and you really can get some great ideas from it. I particularly like this one. This one's boring. Don't know, don't really think this is so cool. This is interesting. Not sure I really like the design, but here's a, a bunker. One of the things I was asking you to do is do some things with bunkers. Here's two different other looks of them. And stock scene is another one we can show, can do with show images. All right, don't know why that went to nothing here. I was thinking there, I guess. This is, I ask it to do images of Northern Lights. which usually we are not far enough north in the United States where we're out here to get Northern Lights. We rarely will have it. We actually had one day this summer when we did have it. So all these apps are here. And you can see that AI turns imagination into art. AI zine, flat zine is a flat means just it's an um, artist term just to talk about how images get created. Um, this is AI powered stock photos, which is what I use. Uh, certificates, Mark, this, you know, I don't know what you and Lisa are doing with certificates, but this is where you could, this will make amazing looking certificates. You should use it for doing some of those. Um, can actually do some cool things of faces. So I'm going to apologize for this, but this is going to show some of me at different. I went back to the wrong. We're not going to. Didn't go this. That's not what I wanted. Face, let's go back to face. My photos, here we go. Oh, oh. second page here. No, this is not showing. 
Uh, again, there's so many apps here that I sometimes, and I, we just got this about a week and a half ago. Maybe it was not using and that was not. Uh, I haven't used this one yet, so I admit it. I think it was the imagination. I think it was AI's. No, it wasn't AI. Let's go back. Let's go with my image. I don't think it was here. That was what I showed you before. Go back to apps. Yeah, this was it. Now, this is just going to be a little funny. Yeah, here we go. Okay, here's me today. That is a recent photo. This is what. It says I would have looked like when I was nine. And it's actually pretty accurate in that I did have more of a spacing between my teeth when I was younger because of the way that my jaw pointed forward. Again, me today. Here's what I'm gonna look like at 90. Here's what, and this isn't bad. This is not a bad look of what I look like at 25. So today, 25, 90, nine. All right, Mark, any other questions or comments in here? Uh, I see another link from Alicia. So U.S. moves to come clean on EFAS in drinking water. Oh, what? <laughs> I've got a wiki how here for duckweed. I can look at that later. Thank you for that. Oh, there we go. U.S. to come clean. It's interesting how titles work. This article isn't loading very fast. So, Engineering News Record is a journal that's now obviously digital. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about it today, but we've talked about PFOS in the past. They keep trying to get you to subscribe here. All right, it requires cookies, I get it. Yeah, again, this is just a stock photo. I don't know why they say that it's near a North Carolina factory and a bunch of BS. This is all written by a firm that's trying to tell you that they're doing some cool stuff, which maybe they are. Notice, because it says here, the firm, Cascade Environmental. They're obviously, I'm guessing that Cascade Environmental paid to have this article written. advertise their method to get rid of PIPA. 
45% of US households have some level of PFAS in tap water. My guess is it's a lot higher than that. I, I bet all households have some level. PFAS is an interesting topic, one we've talked a little bit about, and maybe we'll spend some more time. Here's an interesting infographic. We haven't used infographics in a while, Mark. We ought to get back to making some. We have, what program do we have that would generate infographics? What if we did one for these these ebooks? Some infographics. Mm -hmm. I think uh, designer can do it too. We used to use um, oh, not not remembering now. We use one program. Can make, well, can you make it with Canva? Can you make infographics? Yep. Sure. This is actually a pretty cool article. I'm going to keep this. Thank you, Alicia. This is a great one. This is the plant that they that they're tout that they're profiling here, a company called Kimours in Fayetteville, North Carolina, contaminated 9,000 wells. So these are probably drinking water wells near this. Yeah, we used to use Vengage before. Which, what was it called? I think it's Vengage or something like that. Uh, V-E-N-N-G-A-G-E. Uh, -E. Ah, Vengage. We still have yeah. that. Right. Still have. I use uh, Canva a lot. Right. Create some mark for these for our topics about um, backyard aquaculture and juicing. Right. Okay. This is a great article. This is Colorado, where I live. This is where that big circle means there's seven to nine sites that have PFAS issues. And I, I'm not going to say this as it relates to anything but size of the state. But you can see that states that have got a lot are the ones with big population centers, Denver, Los Angeles. It's interesting, there's not as many in the San Francisco area, although it looks like there's a bunch that are just showing them separately. Sacramento. Portland, Seattle, South Dakota doesn't have very many, but they're not. So here's the interesting, South Dakota's got a whole bunch in this area where there's just no, that there's nobody that lives up in that area. I think that is Wyoming, didn't have hardly any. Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Wichita, Chicago, Minneapolis, I don't know why there's so many right here, right on the river. It's right on the Mississippi River, that's probably why. Orlando, Florida. North Carolina, this is South Carolina, North Carolina. All up the East Coast, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C. Quite a bit here on the Puerto Rico, on the Virgin Islands. Several of the writers wrote this. This is this was uh, this is a good article about people. Thank you, Alicia. Come on
pull this page aside. Well, we are very close to the top of the hour. Uh, one, one more program to show you called Edge. which is a new one that we got. This one also is not very expensive, less than $20. It's AI related. It's got a really big variety of tools. Click on this core. Wait till you see the number. So here you can write different things for blog articles. Mark, you should use this edge some point. I don't think I've given you the login info for it yet. Just to right. see how it works compared to teasing. Emails, here's four different types, follow-up, cold, welcome, subject lines, Twitter feeds, LinkedIn, ads, posts, Google ads, headlines, Facebook, Facebook posts, Instagram, Facebook ads. Here's some things, tone changers, dictionary. Here, let's do this. Let's look and see what it does for economics. Polynomics, creativity, I want it to be high, I want it to be professional. It's gonna give me a, all right, generate text. Let's see what it does. It's gonna give this text over here. All right, Polynomics is a term coined by Paul Hawkins, that's it, that's not true. Paul Hawkins had nothing to do. Paul Hawkins is a famous, brilliant guy, but Dennis Weaver created the term. Um, it refers to the study and practice of integrating economy and ecology, which is true, but Paul Hawkins had nothing to do with it. So it'll show you that these AI sometimes is not very accurate. It's something you gotta watch, eco, Economics, so ecology and economics is an interdisciplinary study. Environmental responsible practices can generate economic opportunities. That's cool. That's good. This all looks really good here. Overall, economics provides a framework for businesses to adopt environmentally conscious strategies. Yeah, everything but this fact that Paul Hawkins, given the credit for it here, is fairly accurate. I don't know how you save things here. Let's see. Export to Word, export to export, copy, save. All right, that's the way you save it. Let's see if I do it again, if it does something different. I'm gonna put economics. What's another word? Audience, think of another word. Something interesting. Mark. Oh, let's see if it gives your language, Mark. My language, okay. Right here. Give us some weird word in, in Bangia. Something strange. Uh. <laughs> um, how about Amgat? Spell it. A-M-G-A-S. Let's see. A-N-G-A-S, is that right? Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, generate text. You're going to have to read it because it's going to be in 
your language, and I'm sure it's going to write it here. It's thinking long time. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to come up with anything. Looks like it's frozen. No, it's still working, still spinning. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Wow, you tell us what it means. And let's see how close it gets. Okay, it's mango tree. It's a mango tree, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously is not getting it. Let's try one more word, because then we're gonna have to quit for the day. What's okay. another one, Mark? Pick another one. Uh, okay, so try Mujib, M-U-J-I-B. M-U-J-I-B? B, yeah. Maybe I would have, maybe I should get out of this. Let's get out. Let's go to another tool and I'll come back. Let's see what I'm doing. All right, so go back now to AI Core. And to where were we at down here? Dictionary. Okay, let's. I think it's stop. Probably we'll stop that. Then we could put Bangladesh. M M U J I B. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Oh, come on, tight. M, it's frozen. Oh, yeah. M U J I B. Got it. Generate text. Oh, there it is. Read it. Tell me if it's anywhere near right. Uh, it's too small <laughs> uh, for my screen. Let's see. I can blow it up. I have it. Here, I'm going to copy it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it in a. I'm going to put it in a uh, message here, Mark. Read it. Oh, Tell me if okay. it's what the word means. Okay. It's there. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Muji Bangla Bhashar Dhonividha Rikti Shabdha Jha Bangladesh Bangladesh Jatha Jatu Charan Charan Nana Rupi Bhavar Hai Niche E Shabdha Shampar Gita Bishad Bishad Purnu Breakdown Totho Dawa Hello, which are Mujib Mujib Dhoni Matra? Okay. Um, Is it right? Is it saying what it really means? I wanted uh, this one. No, this is this is they're, they're writing about something different. But I wanted uh, a leader, the founder of Bangladesh is Mujib Sheikh Mujib. So. It didn't didn't write a, because I probably should have uh, written Sheikh Mujib the whole word, but I you know the part of the word, but it, it's just writing about the sound of the word. So let's do that other one again. What's the other word? Angas, right? A N G A S. Yes. G A S, which is mango. Right. We're gonna join that one. It's like it's done, it's gonna change, gonna do this. Yep, oh wow, that gave it uh, Wow, it's got a lot of text. Oh, it's got the translation, so I don't need to type this for you. 
Uh, Angus is a traditional Bengali musical family that specializes in massage using square. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Angus. Right. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with mango. Angus and <laughs> Nachapuria dance song, Kamai's death song, and other musical songs are available in traditional dramas by implementing angas any bengali speech can be given a melodious tone is that right or is it just totally off no no wrong <laughs> all right it's just a bunch of nonsense all right well we are past the time thank you everybody we've had fun today i hope you've learned a little bit i'm gonna go work my dogs because i've got a competition tomorrow Mark, I may or may not be on the call at one. I'll tell you that now because I don't know whether I'll be in the middle of something at that okay. time. And everybody, Mark, go ahead and sign us off. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. I bet you enjoyed that immensely. That was one of our most amazing presentations here at the EAT community. Please look forward to our next podcast in the very near future, and we look forward to seeing you again on the EAT community podcast.